Welcome to Breaking Banks, the number one global fintech radio show and podcast. I'm Brett King. And I'm Jason Henricks. Every week since 2013, we explore the personalities, startups, innovators, and industry players driving disruption in financial services. From incumbents to unicorns, and from cutting-edge technology to the people using it to help create a more innovative, inclusive, and healthy financial future. I'm J.P. Nichols, and this is Breaking Banks. Well, it's October, and if you work in fintech, especially if you're in North America, you're probably about ready to head to Las Vegas for Money 2020. I'll be there along with my colleague, Amber Bucher, and we'll be interviewing some of the speakers and newsmakers, along with some of the attendees to give you a feel for what's happening on the ground and what's always a whirlwind four days in Vegas. But today we get to take a sneak peek. Sanjeev Kalita is here with us. He is the editor-in-chief of Money 2020, and he's going to give us a little bit of a preview of what to expect next week. Sanjeev, welcome to Breaking Banks. Uh, thank you very much, JP. Really glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, ironically, of all the years, 2020 is the year we didn't have a money 2020, right? We had to go <laughs> virtual last year um, uh, with the Money Fest. And I think other than the very first year, which was, when was the, the very first year of money 2020? That was uh, 2012. 12. Yeah. Boy, that was a while ago. I think that's the only one I've uh, I've missed. And I intended to go to that one and I had a conflict, but it's uh, always a whirlwind. It's a big show with a lot going on. What do people have to look forward to next week? I, I mean, I, I think this week or th- this upcoming week, I, I guess, you know, I think the biggest thing and this might be sort of different is like, it, I, I wouldn't necessarily think about the content, but just everybody getting back together again. And this is literally, you know, after two years of uh, being sequestered, of being locked down, of being forced to do Zoom meetings or virtual conferences, you know, it's the first time where a lot of folks are just going to be getting back together. And and so there's going to be energy there. But I'd say like from a content perspective, you know, there's going to be some great, uh, exciting keynotes that, um, you know, some of which are going to be about, um, for example, like neobanking or how a credit card issuing is changing or uh, even looking at uh, personal investing. And, and you think about things like crypto. So, you know, the, the, there's a whole host of uh, topics and, and it's, it's been quite honestly, um, it's been like drinking from a fire hose the last uh, few, few months, I'd say. Well, and, and the show's the same way, right? If there's ever a, a complaint, it's that um, you, you can't possibly consume all the content, right? There's always so much going on and in parallel tracks and so on. But I think you're right. I, I, I think, um, I know for myself and for Amber and a lot of the people I've talked to, we, we are excited to, to get out and actually see people again. I, I wish we were, uh, the pandemic was a little uh, actually further in our uh, rearview mirror than, than we would uh, like it to be, but this will be the first really kind of conference um, that I've attended uh, since the lockdown. So I am looking forward to seeing a lot of old friends, making some new ones along the way. And, you know, when you go back to, 2012, the, the, the first years of that, a lot has changed. And yet in, in some other ways, a lot hasn't, right? We, we still see a lot of the same players. In some respects, we're talking about a lot of the same things. I mean, when you look back, um, what, what do you think is a, a thing or two that's changed the most? And what's a thing or two that uh, maybe you'd like to have seen more change happen over the last nine years? 
Yeah, I, I, th I think that's a, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, I, I think one of the one of the driving things that um, led to the creation of Money 2020 was innovation around disruptive innovation around mobile payments. So, you know, back then you had uh, things like Google Wallet, you had um, things like what became SoftCard. Uh, then you had, you know, the, the merchant coalitions, you had all, all, all these different types. <laughs> the of unfortunately were... named ISIS <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> among them. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and um, you know, so, so if you look back on, you know, on that time, I, you know, Google wallet is still, Google payments is still around, but GPay, but, but pretty much everything else has sort of fallen by the wayside. So, uh, but, if you look at how consumers are paying, they're paying more with mobile and they're paying more with non-card uh, form factors. They're, they're paying more with in-app in purchases or embedded finance. So I, I, I think it, it was a bit of a case where the trend was there, but picking out the specific players was not necessarily there. But it, it's, it's, I, I, I think that that's sort of an interesting point to call out. Well, I, I agree with that. And, and I, I think it's something we always think we'll get better next time, uh, right, at, at predicting who the individual winners and losers are. And uh, I, I don't think so, right? There was a lot of buzz. And I know we talked about it on the show and the, the Facebook uh, move into Libra, right? Uh, it, it's the pervasiveness of Facebook and cryptocurrencies combined just seemed like an unstoppable force. And well, that didn't go anywhere. And, and Google <laughs> is uh, also ubiquitous. And, and they've just recently announced that they're not going to go forward with the Plex account. Um, so figuring out what the individual moves are, um, are always difficult. And I think at the same time, you kind of have to be there, though, to at least pick up on, on the underlying trends. You talked about mobile payments. So that's always been a big focus of Money 2020. And it's something that has grown um, probably, what, tenfold, uh, if not more so. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's, uh, you know, multi, multi, you know, uh, hundreds of billion dollar business headed to trillions of dollars of business, um, you know, very soon. I probably are already there at this point, right? And so how all the, the, the players figure out what their role is and all of that is really interesting. And one of the changes I've noticed is um, the increasing number of banks that are attending. Um, I think in the early days, you had a couple of the big banks, uh, but it was, uh, you had a lot of the payment processors and the telecoms and kind of this move that, um, boy, this is going to go on without banking, kind of like the old uh, Bill Gates quote of, we'll always need banking, but we don't necessarily need banks. And yet the banks are bigger than ever and uh, players in not only the payment space, but in cryptocurrencies and in a, a lot of these other things. So uh, have you seen that evolve over, over the past uh, few years? And, and what, what do you think about the, the banks that are going to be there next week? Sure, absolutely. I, I think that's a great point again. And, and the way that I sort of think about it is, you know, the first couple of years uh, of money 2020 or, you know, that, around that time, uh, it, it was a bit of a case where you had disruptors that were, I, the way I described it is like, they're like, we're going to eat your lunch. Right. And, 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 and then after that, they realized that, you know, the difficulties in scaling and gaining trust and all, all those kinds of great things. And they realized that they're going to need to work with the banks. And so it was like, rather than eating you for lunch, we'd like to invite you to lunch. And 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 um, you know, sort of sitting at the same table, and that initial table 
you know, had the big banks. And because I think that those were typically the teams that had the resources to focus around these types of things. And now we're, we've gotten to a point where uh, it's almost like the AWS of, of fintech in, in the sense that like, you know, rather than having, you know, 20 years ago, you needed big server farms to build up your startup. Whereas now you could just, you know, get something up on AWS and 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 you know, do something much more with small resources and and less effort. And and I think that a lot of the banks are realizing that hey, we we need to be on this bandwagon too, and we can actually do something here that is different and can be differentiating for for us in our markets. And and so I, I'm actually um, I you know completely independently. I, I've been asked by a lot more smaller banks about what's going on, about how things, what they should do uh, and, and how they should react. And, and, and so I, I think it's, it's a case where that, that table is just getting bigger and bigger and, and, and it's, it's going to be, um, and it, it's, it's a case where like similar to like just the last couple of years with digitization, if you didn't have, if you weren't already on the road to digitization, you were sort of screwed during the lockdown, and 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 so I think there's a bit of a recognition that you need to at least start getting building some of the infrastructure for some of these new technologies. Otherwise, you, you too will be left back in the dust. Well, I, I I think that's right, and I noticed the same thing in in kind of perusing the attendees list. A lot of smaller banks. I I work with a lot of small and mid-sized banks in my work, and uh, I know a lot of the folks that are going to be there, and uh, many of whom I've suggested that this is something they ought to attend uh, beyond the the normal banking conferences to be able to kind of see you know what's out there outside of um, the four walls of of traditional banking, and while the banks are still in the middle of um, a lot of things and, and making their way there. The, the customer's more empowered than ever and not needing the bank to be that you know trusted third party and all of this. And we were talking about numbers a few minutes ago, and I actually just saw in your own FinTech uh, 2.0 report, um, global e-commerce volume uh, this year uh, forecast $3.6 trillion, and that is up about tenfold uh, from a decade ago. So I, I was kind of directionally correct in what we were um, talking about there. One of the other trends that have arisen in, in, in the past decade or so is this idea of embedded finance or decentralized finance, and not just in cryptocurrencies, right? But just the idea that, yeah, everything doesn't have to come through a traditional licensed financial institution um, to be able to solve a problem um, or, or, you know, help a customer, you know, do a job. And uh, that's been one of the things that I found so interesting is um, how the fringe of fintech keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, not only the big tech companies and the small startups, but the telecoms, as we talked about before, and some of the others. So um, it's really become quite the ecosystem. Um, you know, a, a decade ago, it was pretty small. Uh, it was pretty easy. Um, you know, the people who were really serious about fintech a decade ago probably all knew each other because there's really only a few hundred people worldwide um and and that's really began to change so um lots of new players that are entering the arena every day yeah you're absolutely correct and and i i mean i think back to that first money 2020 where we had you know the pool party and there was <laughs> right. we had a total of two thousand people and we were all around the pool and and it was like and that was my linkedin 
a network come to life. Right. But, but it, we, we, we could all conceivably be there. <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you, you think about it now and, and you're, it's, it's globalized, it's expanded to other industries and other use cases. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really blossomed uh, quite amazingly. Well, and, and because of that, you've organized the content under tracks. Can you talk a little bit about the, the different tracks that um, the, the content is being presented under? Yeah, sure, sure. So, I, for, for example, and, and um, I, I, just at a very high level, one of the tracks is about product development. And, you know, whereas, uh, you know, past events, you know, we, we might have had more uh, specific tracks like around like, uh, like cross-border payments, or, uh, or, or say something like, uh, you know, banking accounts, or something that was more product-centric. I, I think we're, uh, to your point about embedded finance and like how these things fit into different ways, it, it's sort of not, it, it's not necessarily a relevant conversation to talk about just that, and and you need to think about it in, in a different manner. So that's that's part of the reason why. You know that the track is, um, for example, about product excellence, or, or um, an, an, another track is about you know decentralization, tokenized, transparent, and, and trustless, and 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 um, there too, um, you know. Whereas in the early days of Money 2020, we, we we could have talked about like just say like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, but but he, here as well, you know, the, the, these technologies are being used for, for example, like securities. Or, for example, identity and, and all these different types of things, and so it, it's not necessarily uh, fitting into it. it it's that, that that that's another um, bucket. Then, uh, striking digital gold. I, I that 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 track is um, about uh, digitization and a little bit of um, you know some of the uh, interesting products and services that have um, that have been able to differentiate themselves and, and win in the marketplace. And I, it, so I, I think that the, the um, and then an, another one, uh, just to call up is uh, strengthening the tech core. And, and I'm, I'm guessing this is probably something that you wind up talking a lot about, but just about like how um, so many uh, banks are reassessing what they're, what's in their core technology and, and, and like how, how do they balance having low costs, but at the same time flexibility to uh, to compete in the marketplace where you have all these new entrants that could be from all over the place? So it's th those are just a few of the topics that. Um, yeah, and on, on that last one, I, I know you've got some community bank uh, uh, sessions going on 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 Sunday. When I arrive, I'm going to try to hit some of those, and and it's such a double-edged sword because you're right, uh, the technology is important, and it's something where a lot of the smaller, mid-sized banks um, feel they're a, a step or ten behind, um, and and they're often you know takers, not makers of strategy. They they kind of have to take what their core provider. Um, provides them. But at the same time, uh, the, the the flip side of that is it also becomes a convenient excuse of, you know, we really can't uh, do things because we're beholden to, you know, some big tech provider. And the reality is there are plenty of small banks that are doing some pretty interesting things uh, because the advantage that they have is they really are closer to the customer. Um, and those that have succeeded are those that are translating that in a modern digital world, not just meaning, um, therefore, we have lots of face-to-face -face, you know, cookies and coffee in the branch and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, but, but how do we really leverage um, 
pieces of technology in not necessarily a, a major or or what you or I might call a transformative way, but in a way that's um, actually relevant and meaningful. So I, I think it's interesting um, to get beyond the the big pieces of tech, um, even though that is very important. But at the same time, what are the other pieces that we can um, use? And and I know you've also got a lot of sessions going on around partnership. And we've talked a lot about this on the show. I talk about this all the time in, in my work on, you know, the, the important part of partnership isn't finding the right vendor and, and you know, <laughs> writing the right agreement, even though that's important too, right? It's, it's really understanding, you know, what is it that you're trying to do for what set of customers? And so uh, I, I'm excited that there are a lot of um, uh, early stage companies too that are really trying some new things. And it'll be interesting um, to put that all into the mix next week. I, I, absolutely, and and I mean, just thinking about uh, you know some of the interesting early uh, you know the, uh, several people that I've met through Money Twenty Twenty who were um, who had started uh, fintech companies to cater to smaller banks have gotten acquired or have gotten you know have had nice exits in the last you know six months, and and it's it, it's it just speaks to the opportunity in that space, and and I think it also uh, speaks to as as one of these small banks, like I, I would expect, you know, just have your ears open for because I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things coming down the pipe in the next year or so. Well, I agree, and I think it also corresponds with a trend I'm seeing in um, small business solutions. Um, right, we we are um, still in the fairly early stages, but somewhat mature in the consumer fintech revolution. Um, but I think we're still in the very early stages on the small business side, and that aligns with where a lot of those smaller banks are um, really have those good relationships with those local small businesses. Yet they still have needs beyond holding deposits and and uh, borrowing money uh, that they are you know starting to get from the fintech companies. And I think the banks that are paying attention to that are smart ones. Have you ever felt frustrated when checking out online or making a payment over the phone? The GoCart team at FIS Impact Labs certainly have. And that's why they created a better payments experience. GoCart recognizes your email and lets you pay quickly anywhere with no passwords and no long forms. You can pay faster for anything, even things you wouldn't expect like healthcare, professional services, and more. GoCart also goes beyond online checkout and allows you to pay easily by email, text, or with QR codes. If you sell products or services online or in-store, find out how you can use GoCart to simplify payments and increase your sales at gocartpay.com slash podcast. That's gocartpay.com slash podcast. Gocart with a C. FIS advancing the way the world pays, banks, and invests. Hi, this is Brett King, the host of Breaking Banks. And I want to tell you about the brand new book Richard Petty and I have coming out in November called The Rise of Techno-Socialism. This new book examines the philosophy of humanity as a species and how the 21st century is going to be the most disruptive, contentious period humanity has ever lived through. During the pandemic alone, we saw the wealth of the world's billionaires surpass $10 trillion for the first time. The richest 1% of Americans today hold more wealth than the bottom 90% and often don't pay taxes. 
Unemployment skyrocketed during the pandemic in 2020, but in reality, artificial intelligence could disrupt even more jobs, up to 80% of jobs today. The new industries we're creating will ironically face labour shortages because we simply aren't training our students with the right skills today. In the first 20 years of the 21st century, we saw protests double from the 20th century averages, while attendance at these protests climbed over a thousand percent. At the heart of this is economic uncertainty about our future. And this is being amplified by the pandemics, it will be amplified by AI and automation, climate change, and of course, inequality. So how will the next 30 years play out? AI has the potential to disrupt, but also to reframe government, making big government small. Universal health care, free education, universal basic income, and massive mobilization of resources to mitigate climate change will all be part of the response needed to these seismic changes. The realization that humanity needs to work together may be the biggest lesson of all. In techno-socialism, we examined four possible futures, and three of those possible futures result in a chaotic and divisive world with rolling crises. But one possible future, what we call techno-socialism, makes possible an inclusive, planned and emerging society where broad prosperity is possible. The book is out for global release in November. Feel free to check out www.riseoftechnosocialism.com for more information on the book and where you can get your copy. I'd be very grateful for your support and consideration of this new book, The Rise of Technosocialism. Back to your white paper, The Building Blocks of Fintech um, 2.0. Um, at a high level, it's available on the Money 2020 website. But can you just talk about what is this? You know, you you your team posits that um, you know we, we're there was a fintech zero dot zero kind of beginning in the year 2000 <laughs> as as the world was beginning to get uh, digitized. Uh, fintech 1.0 started about 2010 or so, and now we're entering this. Uh, this 2.0, what, what's that look like and, and what's different than the, the past stages? Yeah, I, I, that's a, a great question. I, 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 you know, a couple of things that uh, really jump out is, you know, first of all, like the, the, the available technology and, and, and what the capabilities are um, ha, have dramatically improved. And I, I, additionally, there's um, also, you know, the consumer behavior and and consumer usage of uh, and 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 how they go about their daily lives has actually shifted quite a bit as well in terms of you know some of the brands for example that they trust and and, and just jumping back to the comment you made about small business um, you know d- during the financial crisis a lot of the banks pulled back on small business lending which opened up the opportunity for a lot of fintech lenders that cater to small business. And, and, and they wound up getting a lot of traction at that point. And, and that really changed, you know, the mindset that, oh, I, I can actually get a loan from this company that I've never heard of, but it's still reputable. It's, it's still going to work out for me. Um, and, 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 and so I, 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 th- I think that um, not, not to dwell on it too much, but like all of these things are, are, have um, 
I'd say waterfall into um, like five trends that that I want to highlight for in the fintech 2.0 white paper. Uh, in that they they go A B C D E um, alphabetically. And and first is assets and central bank digital currencies. Second is banking technology stacks. C is commerce experiences. D is data. And E is ecosystem. And and let, let's just start with E uh, because we, we just talked about like how much the ecosystem has expanded so much, um, and 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 I and I, I think you know once again you called it out we're, we're just at the beginning here. Uh, th- th- there's going to be a lot more opportunity and a lot of non-financial companies are going to recognize that they can gain competitive advantage by embedding these services into their user experience. Um, th- then looking at data. Um, D for data. I, I, I think that we're at a point where we're not looking at big data anymore, but good data. And, and so it's not necessarily access to data, but the quality of data. And, and, and so I, I actually think that we're going to need to think about data much more as an operating system, as opposed to just like a piece of software that you plug in. Mm. And, and it, it's going to be a core part of it. Uh, C, uh, commerce experiences. Um, I, I think, you know, um, we're, we're going to have to think much more uh, cross-platform and, and with things like a, you know, that one of the things I'll, ideas I'll, I'll push out, uh, suggest is a, a luxury AI. You know, we, we, you know, we have luxury cars, we have first class and second uh, flights and so forth. But, you know, I think it's not too far in the future where we're going to be able to, you know, potentially pay premium for a luxury AI that gets you quicker access or enables you to do something with fewer touches. Um, that I, I think that that's that those are the types of things that I'm going to call. I want to call them commerce experiences. Then banking technology stacks. Um, I the the, the I, you know we're, we're we're talking about cloud now. I, I think decentralized is in the not too distant future, and then also like a lot more open. Um, open source types of things are going to be uh, coming into play because like open source has has been such a, a game changer in big tech. And, and I, th- I sort of see that in, in uh, fintech as well. And then finally, assets and central bank digital currencies. Uh, th- there's obviously been a lot of value and investment going to, to that side of the world. And um, I, I think we're, th- th- this is probably a, a, one of the things that we're, it's a bit of like your imagination is is the limiting factor, and and I, I do think that um, thinking about similarly like how we had to think about things differently with the web, this is going to change our shifting here as well. Yeah, and and you know if I were to add a letter onto your uh, alphabet soup there, a G for global, and you you call yeah, this yeah. out in, in in the report that you know in two thousand. You say the average internet user was a younger urban American elite with a bank account and multiple credit cards. By mm-hmm. 2010, the FinTech 1.0 average internet user was middle or upper middle class American or European, also with a bank account, but fewer cards. And FinTech 2.0 is the average internet user is a working class Asian where a mobile money account or digital wallet is their primary financial vehicle. I mean, that's a trend that we've been talking a lot about on the show. Brett's written about it in his books mm-hmm. and um, so on is that, you know, we, we tend to think that, you know, while so much of banking and commerce is local, 
these underlying global trends are really so influential. And it's, it's really hard to predict. We, we've talked, you know, how hard it is to predict the future in saying that, oh, look at what's happening in China, that'll happen here, right? There, there's probably a million reasons why many of things won't happen here. Mm -hmm. But again, I still think it's directionally correct that um, when you look at what's happening in uh, Asia in particular, but um, also in Africa and in, in some of the um, you know, more developing nations. And, and I think it's not an accident that um, this is a lot of countries where we don't have the, you know, very strong and rigid um, kind of traditional banking system that already provides for some of those things. You know, we've been predicting the demise of paper checks for well over 25 years now. Um, I know Brett's been predicting the demise of the plastic card in my wallet. And even though I'm using it less, um, right, we, that artifact is still an important thing. Um, but, uh, and you see this now, you're, you're doing, you know, Money 2020 shows uh, all around the world. Um, how much of that do you think will get um, reflected in Las Vegas next week? Yeah, the, I, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're like, so for example, you know, we have speakers, uh, let, let's just say, for example, like Flutterwave, you know, African uh, fintech. Yeah. Um, that, that's I, I would describe it as sort of you know at, at the leading edge right now and 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 the, so they're they're going to be on the agenda talking about um, what they're seeing and their experiences are. I think in terms of you know Asian uh, you know we, we have um, you know s several um, speakers who are either from Asian markets or from Asian companies, and 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 so there's definitely a lot more cross pollination and and um, I I think that. You know, it's it's sort of an interesting time because borders. I'd say the last year, couple of years, you know, the borders have been closed physically, and uh, but that has yeah. And and then and thinking about like for example, even like supply chain issues and stuff, and things like that. It's it, it's it it it's really highlighted um, uh, the importance of globalization and and going to that G. So, I, I this is a. Um, Sort of a maybe a, a jump back, but um, I, I I used to, I started off my career at Intel, and and um, this was about the time uh, that the Intel floating point error came about, <sighs> and 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 uh, before uh, before that floating point error, consumers could care less about their microprocessor, mm -hmm. and 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 then because there was a problem with that microprocessor that elevated. The importance of raised awareness. So, I, I, I do think that um, issues with globalization will potentially uh, heighten it even more once we get past this immediate um, little bit of a hiccup I described. Well, and the, I think there's a real good analogy there to banks too, right? And when when the things are going well and we're not in a global financial crisis, people aren't thinking a whole lot about their banks, right? And for the yes, most part, from the consumer's view, right, the bank's a bank's a bank. And um, then suddenly when when things tighten up, it's the other way around. But it's, it's funny you mentioned um, Flutterwave. And I, I was just thinking, you know, M-Pesa and Kenya now is almost 15 years old. Um, and yeah. there's still plenty of Americans don't know anything about it, right? The, yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, many of the things, I'd say most of the things that, that they innovated are are kind of active now. But yet, um, you know, there's another example of something that that didn't really cause mm, direct rapid change. But yeah. um, you know, was it a per precursor to the future? Yeah, I'd say it probably was. Yeah. 
Well, Sanjeev, great to have you. Before I let you go, what's one thing everybody should try to make sure they see next week in Vegas? I know it's hard because there's so many things going on <laughs> and lots of what what's the one can't miss uh, piece of the show next week? Oh wow, that, that, that's a hard one. Um, and 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 uh, just to be fair, like my, my my time there tends to be very chaotic. So so I I, I, I would say that um, to it, you be, be it on Sunday or Monday or even Tuesday, just just make yourself make your way into the keynote session, and and just to experience being w- with your industry just to see everybody and and it's not and I'm, I'm telling you not to look at the stage but look all around you because these are the people that will that have helped us get through this digitization in the last couple of years and and I think looking ahead th- these are the folks that are going to help you get um, you know continue to, to succeed so I just go into the keynote session just just to say hi to everyone. <laughs> well, uh, good advice, and I'll definitely do that. Some some big keynotes, uh, Magic Johnson, Damon John, and others that uh, we'll look forward to seeing. But um, you're right; the people in the audience uh, have a lot to do with um, where we are here today. You know, nine, ten years later, and uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably only be able to give you a quick wave in the uh, a, a passing throng of people uh, with your <laughs> headset around your neck and five people around you asking you questions as you uh, look at your iPad and point to the next conference room they ought to be at, right? That, that, that's what I see you doing every year. So. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to seeing you. And and, uh, and as, once again, uh, thank you for being, um, being, you know, thank you for letting me be here. And, uh, and thanks again for, uh, you know, uh, being part of the Money 2020 community. Well, pleasure to do so. And uh, for our listeners, uh, stay tuned because we're going to have a lot more coming from Money 2020 from Las Vegas here on Breaking Banks. That's it for this week. If you like the show, make sure to give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform or share it with a friend or share it on social media. We'll see you again next week with more Breaking Banks.